We live in a world where the curtains covering the wizard have long since been pulled, where reality television and the incessant need to peer behind the scenes have, seemingly to most, become more entertaining than the actual performance or event itself. Well, once the observed crisis in question has been dealt with or averted, what always seems to make the cutting room floor is the resolve of the characters involved when they get on with their lives and move forward. It's too slow a pace for reality television to keep up with, but that's when shit really does get real. When I hear of a fellow musician making a break, boldly striking out on their own, taking left turns with no net, or even getting off the road, I'm very, very interested to see what they will do. I'm envious of their strength of purpose, and of course, if I admire and or respect them, excited for them and curious to find out where they land. Maybe I'm a bit biased because all I know about is being in a band, but when it's your job, not your hobby, you find out very quickly that it's a course few ever experience. People may think they understand what it's like to be in a band because they watch VH1's Behind the Music or they read The Dirt by Motley Crue, but until you actually hit the road for an extended period of time, you have no idea what it's like or what it takes to be in a real working band. And this is why there's a true camaraderie amongst bands who have been around the block, an unspoken understanding and a mutual respect because only we know the sacrifice and tenacity it takes to do this year in and year out. I know you can probably say that about other occupations, but I can't name you another job off the top of my head where each day starts from zero, where you don't know where you're going to shit, where you're going to eat, or where you're going to lay your head down to sleep day to day, week to week, month to month, and that bleeds into years. Add on the dysfunction, temptations, and time away from home, and it becomes a cocktail that can be too hard to ingest for very long. Just this past week, while we were out on the Rockstar Uproar Festival Tour, I was able to meet up with Doc Coyle, lead guitarist for the metal band God Forbid, when the tour hit New Jersey. Doc had reached out to me via Twitter a few months ago asking if I'd participate in a project he was working on. And since I was a God Forbid fan, had a few of their albums, I was flattered that he asked me, but more surprised that he even knew of our band. Sometimes, people in metal don't have a relationship with rock and roll. I can see how people who like rock and roll can't make that extra step into the world of metal, since it can be a marked degree harsher, but metal people should be able to relate to rock and roll. I see the music as a gateway to the world of metal, but sadly it's not always seen as the case. Doc, however, is not one of those people. As you'll hear, his relationship with music in general is quite similar to mine, and it means I can hang out with a guy for a long time. Anyways, the night before we were scheduled to do the podcast while trying to figure out our individual time schedules, Doc dropped a bomb on me and said he had just quit, God forbid, that day. What I thought we'd be discussing, Doc, Doc's great blog, which can be read at doccoil.net, our mutual love of metal and rock, our backgrounds and relationships with hard music, and God forbid's future plans suddenly took a 90 degree right turn. I don't really use this podcast as a current news source, but since this was happening to him as we were meeting up, I decided to get this episode up for all to hear as soon as possible. I knew I was catching Doc at a pivotal point in his life, at the precipice of a new project, and very grateful that he was so willing to share this with me on the podcast. 
God Forbid is a band that I got into back in 2004 with their Gone Forever record. Not sure if Doc even knows this, but we actually played a show together in 2005. Something I wanted to bring up for the podcast, but slipped my mind due to the heaviness of the unfolding offense discussed. It was for WAAF in Boston and their Loka Bazooka Festival, which featured Clutch, Dropkick Murphys, Blood Simple, Life of Agony, and Disturbed. But when I found out God Forbid were on the bill, too, I made my way to their stage, watched their show from the back of the space, the only set I watched that day. Whether you're familiar with the band or not, we can all relate to these moments that we reach in our own lives. If you are currently in a similar situation, I hope this conversation with Doc inspires, hearing someone handle his personal crossroads with class and control. I'm excited for the new ventures that await him. Trying to do podcasts when you're about to go on, do your own set, can be a little daunting and nerve-wracking, especially when you meet up with someone like Doc, who, for me, I can hang with for hours just shooting the shit. Add on the fact that there's noisy rock playing everywhere all around you, and we had to cut the podcast short and even interrupt it midway since the PA from one of the stages was just too loud to talk over. A huge thank you to Blue Mic Microphones and their Yeti Microphones. A huge thank you to Skull Candy Headphones. Thank you to all the comments on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please keep them coming. It makes us look good. And uh, yeah, Doc Coyle is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast. And it starts now. All right, so we're here. We're on the bus. Yeah, we're. Uh, this is our fourth show in on the Uproar Festival, and I got with me here. Uh, it's the first time we've met, but like you said, it's like we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we're in a lot of ways we're kind of like kindred spirits. We're, uh, you know, uh, kind of these Renaissance men in our heads. <laughs> kind of try, try. You know, I don't know. We just, uh, I guess, thinking the. Multitude, I guess, you know. Yeah. Well, you reached out to me on Twitter, and I was, I, I mean, I'm a fan of God Forbid, as you know. Well, I didn't know at the time, though. At the time, you didn't know, but uh, since then, uh, I told you. And uh, I was surprised that you were reaching out to me for for another project, like yeah, a yeah. side project. Yeah, well, I, well, well I, I had some time at the beginning of the year, because God Forbid, it just got off the road, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, so I kind of just put the feelers out there about doing, like, a solo record, kind of in the vein of, like, Slash in santana where like you know i write the songs and then get like you know some of my favorite singers um but uh i don't know it's just it it didn't happen at that time i'll still probably do it it's just a matter of when you yeah know? and i said i was surprised you were on twitter and you knew of our band and i i immediately said yeah like when why well, yeah. my schedule is really busy right now but when <laughs> I, and you're like whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> no I, I listen i like that i, I had some really uh, you know some pretty great guys that were interested you know it was like uh jamie from hatebreed and uh you know david vincent from morbid angel and jesse from kill switch and oh, you know david you vincent's know. the man yeah Jamie's he's the so, man he's so cool he's so cool I, you know i met him 
like last year and i like and i'm and that's like my basically when he left morbid angel i was like yeah i'm done with you morbid angel i'll see you next week and then you know so i can't imagine i couldn't believe how, how cool he was actually and neither can i actually we met him through um jen his wife jen yeah. from jenna tortures uh she came to one of our shows a few years ago and then she put him on the phone mm-hmm. and i was like holy this is nuts. I would never have made the connection, but then when you you meet the guy, he's just full on hard rock fan too, yeah. like through yeah. and through. Well, he's he's definitely, I think, you know, that thing where you're in a extreme band, you kind of get out of that world, and you know, then the Jenna Torches is, is in a whole other goth kind of, you know, S and M. Who I don't even know what, <laughs> what subculture uh, exactly yeah. to, really, to really call it, but you know, you know, he's definitely not a tough and gruff, you know grimacing death metal guy you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that too you know they think he's all like cold and no. and depressing <laughs> and everything but he's actually you know he'll talk your ears off about alice cooper and kiss you know uh, yeah it's awesome so it's it's nice i like i like it when there's more metal guys who are into rock and roll than there are rock and roll guys into metal and mm-hmm. i feel like uh, like i'm in the rock and roll world and and uh, I, I love metal, but I also find a kinship when I, I meet metal guys like yourself who, who have an equal reverence for, for rock and roll. Well, it's, 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 it's weird because I, I really got into metal and rock at the same time, you know, but maybe it's just, it's just something about being, a, you know, a teenager when you got all that, that you know, kind of blood and, you know, that thunder yeah. in your belly and you just, Frustration. you and you just, you, you know, it just kind of hit me a little harder. So it was like... I kind of came up during like the grunge era mm-hmm. and loved all and still still love all that stuff but then it was like metallica and megadeth and pantera just i it just and then i went i probably had like that three or four year period that a lot of metalheads go, go through where you don't where you stop listening to your rock records and you just get into the extreme stuff and then i kind of you know and then i had you know maybe after i was like 21 22 i kind of backlash and kind of rediscovered everything then really got into classic rock um you know li- listen you know listen to bands that i didn't even listen to as a kid and then kind of like you know I'm, I'm really into music history you know i need to know all right so you were influenced by this band and you were influenced by that i want to find out about that stuff and i was lucky me and my brother we hung out with a lot of older guys who like a friend of ours his name was Attila. We would go over his house and play video games. He was like 21, and we were like 14. And we and he gave us his entire tape collection because that's, that's when always, CDs were coming it's out. Always good so time. he was like, "I'm getting rid of these." And it was like the history of thrash metal, basically in one fell swoop. So I'm like devouring Creator and Exodus and Testament and like and you, every album. So you get it kind of just like. Um, you know, objective, objectively. You know, you don't have like a, a reviewer going, "This is good, this is bad." You just have these cassettes in front of you, or or what I call like biographic um, bias, where basically most people like the record of the band that they first heard, or and and, right. when, and when they hear it when they're a kid, they have a sentimental value yeah. t- attached to it, and it's like it's like the I, I say the Metallica argument. I got into Metallica on the Black album, but I didn't just. I didn't even get that black album first. I got Ride the Lightning and and then Injustice for All first. And then my buddy down the down the block, he had uh, <laughs> Master Puppets in the black albums. We'd be like share albums. So I got to hear everything at the same time so I can look at it objectively. Right. You heard Ride yeah. the Lightning the week it came out and that's when, when you were 16 so you have a certain attachment to it. It's kind of like I've, I, uh, I, I use that argument as well on the Megadeth's 
discuss the early Megadeth stuff, even though I've I'm I, I didn't get it that everybody was into Rust and in Peace more than Peace Cells because I got into Megadeth on Peace Cells, mm. and I was like, wow, he did it. He upstaged Metallica. I swear to God, it's one of my favorite metal albums of like top five, top ten, and everybody was going off on Rust and Peace, and I loved Rust and Peace, but I'm like, Look, you guys are you know flaunting this more than peace sells i've had arguments with people about i still that. i still got it it's funny i like you're in the uh the adler camp chris and will adler from uh, uh lamb of god we've had this like i'm a rust and peace guy you know and, and they're like they're like peace i mean like drunken bitter arguments because we would, would like share a tour bus and just you know just go at it you know and uh but I love the I love the I love those debates. Me, I'm I'm a so I think so far so good. So what is like the underrated classic in there? Actually, and I say Euthanasia is probably the most underrated Megadeth album. Huh. You know, okay. That's a, that's, a, that's a, you know because it's maybe their most commercial record, maybe besides Risk, but it's so good. What's man. the gray one with the, that's red, the ri- red? Risk. Oh no, that's Cryptic Writings. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting Cryptic confused. Gra- Risk right, yeah. is the most. Commercial. I never really listened to it. To be honest, yeah. I heard the single and I, I didn't. I wasn't into it. But I think Cryptic Writings is great. I think Euthanasia is great. Um, I think that's vocally the best he ever sounded. You know, he, he like he he's kind of stopped doing the Mustaine voice. And he just sang. You know, and he sounded and the, the melodies were really well crafted and I love the production. You know, I'm not gonna name the band, but I was hanging out at Gigantor like a few years ago, and we were watching uh, we were watching Megadeth, and he goes, "No, oh, they're so amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, they're so amazing." Goes, but you know, you don't really get into Megadeth for the vocals. I go, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but yep. you know, I, I you don't. I think Mustaine would would love to hear that. Yeah. And you you don't hear a lot of people going off about his vocals that much and, and and discussing it. And over the years, I mean, if I was to get into Megadeth now, I'd be like, dude, I can't get over this guy's vocals. But I'm so used to it. It's a love or hate it, hear. man. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing about vocals. The best thing, you, if you're a vocalist, the best thing you could be is just have your own thing that when you hear it, you know who it is. You don't have to be the greatest singer technically no, in the world. I agree. As long as you have a character yeah. that people know, oh, that's that guy, or that's the guy from that band, and it gives it a distinct, you know, that's, I think that's the best thing. And that's the hardest thing to do where, you know, I think it's funny, like, you know, the post, the grunge thing, you had everyone doing, the, oh, yeah, oh, no, oh, you know, you had all that, and then it's like, you have the the emo voice where it's like when it yeah, when all guys kind of adding that to their voice so you know i think character is, the, is definitely the most important thing you know well um so we were going back and forth uh uh last couple of days trying to hook this thing up because the uproar festival schedule is like one after the other yeah. bam 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 and uh, I had to get you in here because where the bus is parked is ass up against the stage's ass. We're right up against the stage's ass. So eventually there's going to be a band on here in a few minutes. And we're, hopefully we can get we can be audible. So I want to get into this now. We'll see. We'll, I will just talk close. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll meet you at 145, 0, Oh, can you do it earlier? Blah, blah, blah. And, then you go, and then you go, oh, by the way, <laughs> I... I left God forbid today and and uh, so I'm catching you at a crossroads yeah and uh, I usually I, I tape these podcasts in advance so I could get some air to breathe but I'm gonna I'm gonna push this one through right away okay. because this is this, this is, is the first time I'll right be talking now. about it by the way okay because it because because I, I quit like a week before I it was 
public. Right. Um, you went public yesterday. Yeah. Um, but in a way, the cr- the crossroads kind of have already happened. Like, the band has basically been inactive for six months. Um, and, you know, my, my whole thing is I don't want to, like, drag anyone through the mud. Like, I love all the dudes in my band. I'm not mad at anyone. Um, but with that said, it was still dysfunctional enough where I wanted the band to be active and do things and be proactive and it was certain elements of the band made it impossible to do that with a any amount of you know professional manner you know which you know is I'm just my, my thing you know it's like I, I love this stuff it's art it's what I love but at the same time I think the time and effort I'm sure you can relate to this the time and effort you put in to stuff you know I'm just passionate I'm a hundred percent so it's like if I if I, you know, it's like this, like I make a schedule with you. It's like, Hey, let's do it here. Let's just be considerate of each other's time and efforts. And that I didn't feel was really being paid to me. Um, especially me being kind of at the forefront of the operations, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of respects. Um, and yeah, it just became un, unmanageable. So instead of trying to fight over things, I decided to remove myself from the equation and just kind of work with my circle of control, you know, which was the, you know, and I'm, I have other things going on, another a more rock-oriented project that I've been trying to get off the ground. Um, but that's not why I quit. Like, I, I think you can, you don't have to, like, end one thing and do something else. I think you can kind of uh, survive on multiple planes. But, um, but yeah, it was, just, it, was just, it was just time. Like, I knew it. You know, I just knew it. But it's a tough move to make, you know what I'm saying? It's, and it's more, like I said, it's, it's more for everyone else. Like then in, 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 in that I mean like I said the band has been inactive. So it's not like my life is going to change from today to tomorrow, but the perception will change, you know, in terms of what how people regard me as being that guy from that band or well, you, you <clears throat> saying that you were the forefront of the operation, uh, now that you've removed yourself, is there a band? Well so so actually at I was I sent my statement to the band and our manager um as a courtesy before you know before i released it and then my drummer just on his own accord said the band put on his facebook that god forbid is over so i don't know if that was a they talked to each other or if they individually he just went out and said on on his on his own so i guess i guess the band is done but not because i made it over i just i quit quit the band on, on my on my on my own accord so um yeah, I guess I guess so. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, but I didn't, you know, if they wanted to carry on and do do something, I I, I was not in in the way of that. You know? I read your blog that you posted with the announcement, the, your blog entry, and uh, I don't know how sensitive this is, or if you want to even discuss it. But you said that you know this this kind of stems all the way back to '09 when your brother left the band, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I had heard. Uh, you know all kinds of stuff uh about you know the ending and 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 everything and and he's not he wasn't ever present on your interviews to 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 defend himself and it was Mm -hmm. mainly just like both sides well he did almost the exact opposite of me like he quit the band in like a fury right while we were getting ready to leave for a tour and then he kind of extracted himself from the entire scene it reminded me of the Sepultura brothers, yeah. the Ca- Cavalera brothers, when brothers split. And I know it's a very sensitive issue. It's a big yeah. deal for you. But does your leaving 
have anything to do with that? Did it did it start from that? Was well, there a different? What I was I was you know I don't know how well how well I articulated it, but I never I thought that we were gonna do this forever. Like I literally graduated high school, took a few months off, went to college for a couple months, and then basically started worked a job for like six months, and the band got signed, and then we we're on tour. So wow. like I didn't so. I didn't know yeah. anything else. Right. And I didn't have any plan. Like, I wasn't like this kid in, in high school. I was like, I'm going to be an architect. You know, like, I didn't have... Ooh, the low end. Okay, it's just me here back at HQ. At this point in the podcast, we had to stop because the band you on, stage, that is, started their set basically sending the wave files that were on my computer to 11. And instead of shouting through their set, and trying to get this podcast as one cohesive, uninterrupted block, we decided to stop and chill for a while. But once they were done, we resumed our talk, and here's part two. All right, we're, we uh, we uh, had to stop because, uh, like I said, there's a our bus is parked right on the ass of the stage. Of all days, it wasn't like that yesterday. It wasn't like that for the last couple of days. But, of course, when I got Doc here, uh, we... we and we've uh, scheduled an interview the day before that that happened. So we were in the middle of talking about, you know, in 2009 when your brother left, God forbid. And, uh, you know, all, well, I'll let you handle that. Yeah, well, no, it, uh, yeah, I was just saying, so I, I never thought about leaving the band. You know, I just thought that's what we were going to do. We we're going to be, we're, we're going to be rock stars. That's, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I really saw the, the potential that was that was that was very very high and then when you know but i but i still you know but i was still a realist i was like you know if it, it whatever if the band starts not working out or if people don't give a shit you know then i don't want to be i never want to be part of a sinking ship you know what i'm saying like or or i never want to be desperate about about this like you know if it's not working out that's cool you know you gotta you have to be okay with that um and then when he left i just I was so pissed, like, I was so angry that I was like, fuck him, you know what I'm saying, we don't need him, and we just, you know, and we had these massive tours lined up, we had a tour at Lamb of God, we had a, you know, our own, the only real uh, European festival run that we ever did, and we had the Mayhem Fest all in a row, and he left, like, right at the, at the beginning of that, so we had all that lined up, and I was just consumed with, you know, just taking care of business, you know, and then at the end of that, and I came home, and my girlfriend broke up with me, it was just, it, like, the whole thing just kind of like fell on me. It was like, I got no girl, I got no brother, I got, you know, and the band was, you know, I I just didn't know, you know, our, our deal with Central Media was pretty much ending. We didn't have a manager and I didn't know if I wanted to do anymore. And I was like in this deep funk and I started thinking about, you know, do I, do I want to do, do I even want to do music? All I wanted to do was at that point was to get my girlfriend back because I was like, I just need something to latch onto, I, th I think. Um, but I just, really tried to think about what I wanted to do and what what made me happy you know what I'm saying and that took a really that's been like a few year journey you know trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with my life and should I just get a job should I like you know because I, I know so many guys who have been in bands and the band they leave the band or the band breaks up and they're next time I see them they're in fucking khakis and right. <laughs> you know and um they cut their hair and you know and and you know it's definitely part of me that's sad about that but then i know a lot of those guys are a lot happier than they were 
in a band. You know, that's they're, so true. They can pay their bills. They you know, made that. They started a family. It's and just not sexy enough for TV to see that, but it's true. No, there's so many got people I know who are much happier because I, I think the the touring life is a pretty dysfunctional life to maintain, especially when you do it for super long periods of time. Anything past a month, I think you kind of start going crazy. And it, it can lend itself to a lot of bad habits. Um, and I think that can be, and some people can, uh, there's varying degrees of people who can handle that. You know, um, you you seem really uh, kind of mellow. Like you said, you don't really drink. No, that, not that, really. No. That probably helps. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, 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 it saves a lot of drama, unneeded drama. But, you know, we've we've been on the receiving end of that. And if there's, you know, we've, I've, we've witnessed what happens when you you know kind of fall to fall prey to drugs and alcohol by other people just being around them now we've the the crew that we have with us now everybody's like it's just a nice we all know we got to work but everybody treats everyone with respect and everyone's cool with each other it's a great vibe man it's awesome last night I was I didn't join in but they're playing gin rummy outside the bus to put out a table and everyone's just drinking and playing gin rummy it's super chill and listening to Alice in Chains on the main stage so that's, that's the vibe of the tour right on so yeah right on well that's good see you guys got your head on straight you know it's it's interesting how just one all it takes even in a party of six seven or eight one person with some kind of you know problem or impairment can really fuck up the vibe big time and uh, we've been on the road. You and I have been on the road long enough to know that. But a lot of people don't realize that. You know, they think it's all the sex and drugs come, pay, come with a price, and people don't ever witness the price well, that's paid. I always think, you know, I'm I'm a Libra, I guess. So my whole thing is balance. You know, like have fun. You know, do your do your thing. But as long as you can kind of take care of business. You know, I'm so. a Leo, so we actually get along astrologically. My brother's a Leo, so there you go. Okay. Now, okay, that le- this <laughs> great segue, which is my next question. Are you on? Uh, spe- how's how are how's your relationship with your brother now? All right. So after when he left the band, I didn't speak to my brother for four months. You know, definitely the first time in my life that happened. I didn't didn't see him for about seven months. Um, and then basically, like he had a situation where he got married, and I heard his like wife kicked him out of the house and like broke his guitars and his computers. And I just felt like that was horrible. So I you know like called them when i was on mayhem festival and you know we've you know we've hung out we've you know we've you know we've steadily been in touch since then like it's not like you know it's not like we, we've we're still brothers you know i don't know if it'll ever be the same i think we've also just grown into different people with different interests in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways but you know you know it's like this stuff with the band and you know ending he's like you know sending me messages yesterday you know supporting me and stuff so um, but you know, I've, I've kind of, yeah, it's like there was, I think a, a codependent relationship with, with, my, with, with my brother and I, and that led to a lot of arrested development, you know, and kind of having that crutch, you know, emotional crutch of like just having your other, you know, he was my other half in a lot of, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, you know, but, um, so the last few years I've almost been kind of developing my own identity you know and right. um and like you said you're didn't doing this since you were 16 yeah yeah so that's, that's crazy. um that's wild but kind of going along going with the flow you know maybe in a lot of ways he was the the leader in a lot of ways in terms of you know kind of getting the ball rolling um 
you know, and now, so, you know, I had to like kind of figure out things for my own. And it's, 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 it's really new and, you know, scary, but you know, I'm cool with that. You know, like, I don't, I don't look at things like some things is like bad, good or bad. Some things are just are, <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, just like, you know, oh man, that, you know, you're whatever age you're at and you're, you know, you're try you know, kind of struggling to make a living. I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's cool. There's a lot of people struggling. That doesn't, it's not bad. It's just, that's life. You go out and you mm -hmm. bust your ass and make things happen. You know what I'm saying? You go, that's the, that's the great story. No great story ever starts out with someone on top. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I embrace just any challenge at, the, at, the, at this point. You know, it's all, it's supposed to be hard. So you, you've mentioned to me on and off the mic, you trying to get a, a rock kind of band get how far into that are you of well that rock project? it started out um <clears throat> i don't know if you know who tommy vexed is he sang with like divine heresy and snot um oh okay now i know snot from yeah. snot yeah so um me and him started something a few years back and then ended up not working out <clears throat> um and then i had all this leftover material and then like by happenstance through a, another friend of mine, I discovered this singer, this guy named Ravi, um, who had this, his like his solo band called uh, Philotaxis, I think that's how you pronounce it. This guy from Pennsylvania, just really brilliant singer, songwriter. Um, <clears throat> and then basically I, I just started sending him some of my material because he, he was coming from a completely different world. Like he's a, he's into, you know, Pink Floyd and Radiohead, like total n not a metal guy. Um, and, the, you know the, the material I had was was rock but it definitely had a heavy tinge to it so I wasn't sure how it would work so we just started like sending files back and forth and I'd go over his house and we you know just jam acoustic or whatever and then you know we kind of started developing things but during this time this is when I was still touring with God forbid or I was you know my living situation is kind of crazy so it was kind of here and there um, but now that I've gotten off the road I really wanted to make it a priority to put a, a real band together. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I notice a lot of guys, especially people who have already been in prominent bands is, you know, now you can do everything on your own. You can program drums, you can do, you can do, you can compose and make everything. So there's like these studio bands and then they put a band together to yeah, perform the material and it doesn't, and you can tell that first year on the road they're not a band like it takes it takes a long time for a band to be a band yeah i want to i don't want to skip any steps and i want to put a band real band together and have it be organic and flow and then capture that in the studio um so you know i'm just almost done putting the band together i have to uh got auditions for guitar players tomorrow and probably gonna get a keyboard player too but um i don't know like i'd say sonically i guess it's I describe it as kind of like a heavier muse, music-wise. Oh, wow. With but, okay, and the singer is kind of Chris Cornell meets Maynard kind of thing. Um, wow. Okay. But um, yeah, so it's That's not very interesting. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not really metal. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not metal. But I, I purposely don't want it to be that, and I want to be in a situation where, I, like, you know, I'm dealing with someone who's outside of that realm. So I want to like, you know, I think when you're dealing with a really talented singer, you, you know, I'm, I'm writing for the singer. You know what I'm saying? What's going to compliment his, his voice the best? Should I take that part out where you call him a talented singer? Because the last <laughs> thing you need is a singer with a big ego. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the funny thing about him. He's actually one of the most 
humble guys I've ever I've, I've ever met. And he's super self-deprecating and um, <clears throat> and that's the thing, actually the really cool thing about trying to start a band at when you're an adult is you you can actually I guess vet a lot of these personality quirks and actually yeah. say all right like when we, when I started hanging out with them and playing we would talk just as much as we would jam and just kind of talk about our philosophy and whatever just about life and stuff and and that was really cool because it's like all right not only we kind of vibe on a musical level but like there's some bigger kind of things ha happening happening here and there's kind of yeah that was just a really different um experience for me and i was like oh this is maybe this is kind of how you should do it <laughs> i don't know i don't know not even, to be honest i don't even know what's gonna happen i don't know if we're gonna maybe we'll put on an album maybe we'll play a couple shows if it becomes if if we just like record something and play a couple shows i'll totally fine with that and then put everything into that and make it real and make it honest and then you know and 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 cool if something you know if something else happens if i get it you know you know Metallica's like, yo, Kirk's leaving. Doc, we need you. You know? Then, you know what? I'm like, you know what, guys? For you. You know? Because you're, cool, you're cool guys. Your band, haven't heard of you. But, you know? You're doing all right. You so, left a nice message on my machine. So, <laughs> you know. No, but, you know, I'm kind of just, I'm open to a lot of opportunities. But this is kind of passion that's that's what that's what I, what I what I want to work on. That's awesome. Well, uh, Doc, that that's a great way to 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 end this episode and start your new project and journey. And plus, we're kind of getting the the heave ho from the sound check of the upcoming band. Here. Right on. Um, but I think we got. I had another. I I had everything in my head I never planned this out but in in the back of my head I had a certain way I wanted to to direct this episode did it go there uh it went we went there off the mic man oh but <laughs> <laughs> but um but this just came out of you know thin air for me you, you with your text yesterday so I mean if you were willing to talk about it I wanted to this has been great man and and uh you know this podcast has led me down a path where <clears throat> I've made amends with old enemies I've met new people but I don't I don't know if it, well, it's happened a couple of times no once with Lydia Chris who I ne I did a podcast with who I'd never met the wife of Peter Chris but this is like this is this is the first time like more of a peer level thing that mm -hmm. I've met someone for the first time and this is all through social media and um 95% of my gut instinct was we were going to hit it off. 5% mm -hmm. was like, well, he he was in a band. That means 5% of these guys could be nuts. Any Like, who knows, man? <laughs> so it was uh, a pleasure meeting you, man. And uh, what a great conversation we had. Hey, let's do it again, man. Yeah, you know, I think is... uh, the rest of our crew and band want to get back on the bus. Right. And do hey, man, thing. you know what? No, this is my bus now, all right? <laughs> well, on. there's that 5% coming I'm out. on four hours. See, I might take a nap in this motherfucker. <laughs> Well then, uh, let me direct you to the one one guy that's been bugging all of us here. You can use his butt. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but you guys are only a three piece. I noticed some spare bunks in there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of junk bunks on on our bus tours. I don't know, I'm, I'll, I'll be junk. It's cool. <laughs> cool man. Thanks a lot, dude. No problem, brother. Thank you. Awesome.